I think there is a benefit to, to seeing a full year's worth of training. Now, the one thing is you got to remember last year at this time, he was just trying, he was so focused in on trying to learn our offense that in training camp, um, you know, during the season, it's carded. So uh, during training camp, he's able to see all the stuff that Vic has done. So there'll be some plays and some things that he's seen. And then there'll be other stuff that, that uh, you know, he was just so honed in on our offense that he didn't, he didn't see. All right, there you go. There's Matt Nagy defending his uh, quarterback at House Hall today. We'll recap everything that went on there. Um, the Cubs lineup is out. I'll give you that. We've also had heated debates all day over Joe Madden. And uh, the end is near. We'll see if uh, it includes a playoff berth. I think or you if should. The Cubs give that up. Uh, who's the guy that sends all the Cubs songs in? Uh, Danny Rocket. I think you and Danny Rocket should sit down and write an ode to Joe. You know, oh, I like it. An ode to Joe. And it could be like a Seals and Croft or a. Uh, like Simon and Garfunkel, yeah. where it's very soft hey, and there's Joe. a lot of instead of Hey Jude, I'm not trying hey, to. I'm Joe. not trying to tell Danny Rocket what to do, yeah. but that's what I would do. But it's got to be like sad and heartfelt, and it's yeah. got to be. And I think it could be a okay. A well, I think it could be a hit. Danny could do something Rocket with it? candle in the wind. <laughs> yeah, yes. there you go. Right. You on, Blue. I'll sing. I'll I'll do it. He's the guy though with the musical talent and the writing skills. Yeah, but you could, not me. You could be like a code writer. I don't want to hear your voice. Um, what or, do you mean? I don't, don't want to. I don't want to hear you so try to play an in, instrument. I want you to be a co-writer of the song. Oh, so sort of like who's who always writes all of Elton John songs? But he's, Bernie Taupin. Yeah, right. Like you want me to be the Taupin of this thing? See, I mean, you didn't think I would know that, did you? But no, I am you, the, master the master of, of the, the stupidest trivia question answers of all time. Yeah, Toyota Twitter poll is out there on my Twitter handle at Waddle and Sylvie. You can vote on it. Uh, check out your local Chicago. Land Toyota dealer today. Javi drives a Toyota even with the stress fracture. He drives to and from the doctor's office. It is so sporty. It is so easy to drive. Even Javi can do it. You think he drove Tony Kemp to the the stadium today? Yeah, I know. This is what he said to Waddle earlier. And I'll give you the poll here in a second. In a near must-win game, leading off and playing second base for your Chicago Cubs, Tony Kemp. So you want that now, and then we'll go through the... Uh, yeah, come on. Uh, Kemp uh, at second base leading off. Kyle Schwarber batting second and left. Cast- Schwarber's had a night... I mean, listen, say what you want about what your expectations were. Yeah. Schwarber's going to hit 40 home runs this year and drive in 90-some. Not bad. I can take that. On base of about 325. Yeah, I need that to be a little bit higher. Like 340 but, or 350. But you know what? You can live with Kyle Schwarber giving you those power numbers. Castellanos in right field. Rizzo at first cleaning up. Chris Bryan, who had a good game batting fifth. He's batting fifth again at third base. Wilson Contreras catching. Jason Hayward's back, hopefully. Uh, he's in center. Nico Horner at short. We call him back. And you know who they need tonight, Waddle? They need... The professional Cole Hamels to show yeah, up. Yeah, they do. They need him to figure it out and fast. They cannot have another three-inning outing like uh This is a soft-swinging Padre it. team, well, too, isn't it? Tell that to Q. No, I know. I'm just what I'm saying. Well, Q didn't get a whole lot of help from his second baseman last night. That kind of opened the floodgates, and I get it. I mean, he wasn't on his best, didn't have his best stuff, but... And then I fell asleep at 8-8. Yeah, well, that, it was probably wiser. You were wiser for it, because I, I, I had this... Be awake through it. And it wasn't fun. But it it was sort of what I was expecting these days. Yeah. Um, so the Toyota Twitter poll question is, will you be happy if and when the Cubs change managers at the end of the MLB season? 
We have uh, over 3,200 votes. Vote at Waddle and Sylvie. 44% of you are saying yes, you will be happy when Joe Madden is let go. See, I, I mean, happy isn't the word I would describe. I get it. I mean, am I okay with Yeah, I'd be okay with it. I appreciate what Joe's done. I don't think Joe's their biggest problem. But if the front office feels the need to change the voice in the dugout, you hire the right guy and this will go okay. That's my how I look at it. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pound the table. You can't get rid of Joe! Because there have been some moments where, where we've been critical of Jed and Theo and some of the signings and free agency and some of the other stuff. Been critical of the players. The lack of concentration at times. At times it seems a lack of urgency. The inability to have good at-bats. The get thrown out on the base pass like you were playing Little League Baseball. The defensive deficiencies. Players have been criticized. Joe's done some things as well that you look at and say, hey, what the hell was that? Yeah, and Jason McLeod also today by the Cubs, they're going to start tweaking with their front office because it hasn't produced like they wanted it to produce. They have not made any changes. McLeod was moved from one side of the organization to another. He's still an executive vice president, but he will not oversee the draft and player development in the minor leagues anymore. So they'll get a fresh set of eyes and hopefully start drafting and developing Real better. quick, before we move on to some of the Trubisky sound. What did you make of the one thing that Jeff Passan said that, hey, listen, if we're going to get, and I have been one that has done this, if you want to give credit to Joe for helping them win a World Series for setting the culture, then don't you also have to give him significant blame? As much credit as you want to give him, don't you have to give him equal blame for their inability to reach their expectations the last couple of years. Absolutely. Look, there's a difference between wanting a guy gone and blaming him. We've always talked about this. You know, there are years when, um, you know, Bill Belichick will make a too cute move and and everyone will criticize him, but he's the greatest coach ever. And I'm not saying that Joe's the greatest coach ever. I'm just saying that they're all at at fault. This is not supposed to be the year it's been. They've not been able to... To go on a consistent winning run, they've been a 500 team as you've documented for the four, last four plus months. Yeah. But yeah, they're all held accountable. But does that mean losing your job accountable? Why him? Why the why the hitting well, coaches? You, why the pitching coaches? Well, he's the easiest guy to move on from. Well, that that could be perceived as lazy. Then. Maybe they and maybe they will move on from some of their players as well. Maybe the the uh, the acknowledgement of guys that they've made mistakes on. Maybe they'll try to move on from some of them. One of our listeners who I tweet about the Cubs with a lot tweeted me about the, there there are not going to be many changes. He tweeted me. He goes from this core of Contreras, Rizzo, Bryant, Schwarber, um, and there was like another name or two. Baez. Baez. And I made him a bet. I go, one of, you, one of those names that you listed will be gone. And he goes, which one? I go, I'm not sure which one, but at least one of those names will not be here in 2020. Well, if they're not, or if they, if they all remain intact, then, then the front office is telling you they're placing the majority of the blame on their manager. Well, and, and you know what they're going to have? They're going to have another underachieving year because they're going to continue to ignore the fact that a lot of their guys aren't as good as they thought they were or haven't been developed as good as they thought they would be developed. And that's what they've been doing with hitting and pitching coaches. There's only so many people you can blame until you get to the players in the front office. And I thought today was a good day as far as Jason McLeod. They weren't going to fire Jason McLeod. Jason McLeod started working with Jed and Theo in 2003 in Boston. Then when Jed went to San Diego, Jason McLeod went with him. 
Then when they all got the job together in Chicago, Jason McLeod came with them. So he's been with them for 17 years. They weren't going to fire him, but at least they've admitted his drafts and his player development hasn't been as good as it should be. And we call that accountability. There you but go. But you know, it's not, it's, it's not all on McLeod, too, because Theo oversees it. And we always know, he, Theo talks about this all the time. It's a collaborative effort. And I think they're frustrated just like all the Cubs fans out there, because they thought the players they had in place were going to be better. They didn't think they would, you know, go to the play. They knew they had teams good enough to win the division. And then in the playoffs, they thought they would be more competitive. And I think in some ways it's, it's, it's an indictment on the front of the entire front office, not just McLeod. You know what yeah. I mean? But a lot of this is, yeah, their free agent signings haven't been great either. Their free agent class from two years ago, is nearly as bad as the Bears' free agent class the year before Nagy got. Do you remember the Deion Sims class? Oh, yeah. Mike Lennon, Deion Sims. Do you remember that? All that, like what the Cubs did with Morrow, who pitched a half a year with them. And, Chatwood's and, in your bullpen. Chatwood was good yesterday, and he's been better this year. And Darvish yeah, not was thirty nine million dollars. Good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. So you know, and this year, Descalso. The, so I know a lot of people want to talk Cubs if you want to weigh in, 332-3776. want to play you some stuff, too, from the Bears. Uh, Mitch Trubisky met the media. We kind of chuckled at this regarding um, him not wanting to get into detail on what happened in the Packer game. Take a listen regarding some of those plays from week one against Green Bay. <laughs> you talked about uh, the third and one RPO the other day. Um, or Matt talked about it. What, can you walk us through just kind of everything you're evaluating when you're deciding whether to, to give it or, or keep it for a throw? Um, no. <laughs> I was told not to talk about the last game. Uh, there's a lot of decisions on each play, and uh, there's a lot of, there's like three or four different plays built in one. Um, sometimes it's the right decision, sometimes it's wrong. Sometimes I make the wrong decision, but I make it right with the way I execute it. Um, but we're moving on to this week, and uh, we just got to be almost automatic in third and one. We got to just just make sure we get those. Was it Adam? I was Adam amongst other people that we're moving on. Adam, who? Who is he talking about? Was it Adam? He said, "Was it Adam who told you not to talk about the I think game?" That's what he said. Adam, who's Adam? I told him not to talk Tell about the it. game anymore. I was told not to talk about the last game. Don't do it, Trubisky. Don't I, do I, it. And look. Bill Belichick has the same philosophy. They don't talk about the previous game. They say we're on to Cincinnati. I think that's what they were telling Mitch. You know, just move on to the next game. Don't don't go back. But I don't know if they wanted him to sort of admit. Yeah, I think uh, Vic does a good job. I was told not to talk about the last game. You're supposed to keep your inner voice to yourself, aren't you? <laughs> in, afterwards, in that bite, he did say we're moving on to next week. Yeah. To this week. So he, he had it, had yeah, it down. sort of had it. He shared right. a little too much, though. Yeah. Listen, I, as you get older, you learn how to, de- to deal with different things. And as he gets older, I, five years from now or three years from now, if he's still with us, which I'm hoping he is, um, he will handle a situation like that. Like, hey, guys, listen, you know what? Last week is last week. I've put it in the past. We all have put it in the past as a team, and we're moving forward. As opposed to, I've been told not to talk about the past. <laughs> We call that a nuanced answer. Yeah. So it takes four years to figure out how to get you know to your second read and you, six yeah, years yeah, to yeah. talk to the media? <laughs> is that, is that I how was told not to talk about the last game. Is that the timeline? <laughs> it's, 
We hope. It is. It is. I forget it. I don't know. It's, that that goes up there with the leadership answer, doesn't it? When, hey, Mitch, how can you be a bigger leader? And then he went into cleaning up the locker room. I mean, listen, it's, 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 maybe, it's maybe, not a big deal. No, it's not. Maybe this is him. You know, this is his tongue-in-cheek response. Maybe he was trying to be funny. It uh, just came off as like... You've been told a secret. Whatever you do, don't tell anybody that we've told you to keep this secret. Hey, I got your big box of porn over here. This is your big box of porn. You're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to keep that to yourself, right? Isn't that I was told not to talk about the last game. I mean, I don't what know why. What happens in the last game stays in the last game. I don't know why I kind of like was drawn to, wasn't that 40-year-old virgin? Yes, yes. yes. Like that? Uh, here's Trubisky on how he uh, feels going up against uh, Vic Fangio's defense. Feels good. We feel very comfortable about uh, with it, just going against Vic's defense for the last couple of years. I've uh, seen him practice a lot, be able to watch those clips from practice and see what worked, kind of see what didn't. And uh, we got a lot of familiarity with it, and I think that's going to help us. And we just got to go out there and do our jobs and make sure we're all executing on the same page. Nagy was asked the same question. Will uh, you know, knowing Vic's defense helped Mitch in this instance. There's, there'll be similar looks. You know, um, Vic will have some things that he'll change just because that, that's how normally it is every week when you see uh, there's unscouted looks. But I think there is a benefit to, to seeing a full year's worth of training. Now, the one thing is you got to remember last year at this time, he was just trying, he was so focused in on trying to learn our offense that in training camp, um, you know, during the season, it's carded. So uh, during training camp, he's able to see all the stuff that Vic has done. So there'll be some plays and some things that he's seen, and then there'll be other stuff that that uh, you know he was just so honed in on our offense that he didn't didn't see. There you go again uh, from Mitch Trubisky. Matt Nagy did talk about Trey Burton, who has been sort of a riddle in the last couple of games with his availability because he was really good when they first got him and you loved him. You were yeah, very high on him. He said that he was a perfect fit for this offense and this this position is instrumental to the efficient running of this offense. But Nagy didn't seem to have a lot of answers. Uh, in, in, in Trey's case, just so as we go here, I cannot be any more honest or forthcoming on Trey Burton. I mean it. I'm telling you everything I got. I'm telling you. So if he's he's gonna, we're gonna see how he does. If he does good, let's stat, let's see how he does the next day, and let's just keep, and then if we get to it and we feel like he's good to go, he we all collaborate on it. Let's roll. If we don't, then we're not. Yeah. Listen, that's all Matt can do. I mean, I I don't hold that against him. Uh, how he is. Handled it. I don't think he's handled. I think he's handled it the only way he can handle it. First of all, there's only certain things you're allowed to say, but he's in a tough spot with this. Yeah. So uh, that's what's going on. And Trey Burton, I don't know if I if I mentioned it before, was limited today. So he was limited, and uh, we will see how the week goes. Like Nagy, no one really knows. I know this. I want to see. Want to see the best players playing the majority of the snaps in the positions that they're best suited for? I want to see them successfully. First of all, I want to see them commit to running the football more than they did last week in a game where they never trailed by more than seven. I want to see the young running back get more touches. If you do that, I think you'll force Vic's defense to put some bigger bodies on the field, which will allow Mitch's progression, reading of everything, be a lot easier. Again, if you look at what the the, the the Green Bay Packers did, I think, because they didn't have to replace the little bodies with the big bodies, they kept multiple defensive backs back there, sat back and made them have to go ahead and read different things. And then you could start to confuse people. So commit to the run. 
And I think that you'll see some residual benefits across the board offensively if you're willing to do that. Yeah, use Montgomery more than five yeah, times. Please. Uh, Alex in Bloomingdale, you're on ESPN 1000. Hi, Alex. Hey, guys. I was just calling in reference to the Cubs. I know we were just talking Bears football a little bit. But, Sylvie, you said something uh, that kind of caught my attention. Uh, you know, the Cubs have been underachieving all year, whether it's been and we or, or all year, the last couple of years, actually. Uh, and we're talking about making managerial changes, personnel changes, both player and uh, under Joe and whatnot. My question is, I guess, what makes you think that those changes will make them better next year? Uh, we've done that multiple times, whether it's our pitching staff, our hitting staff, the players who we've moved in and out, you know, getting rid of the four core guys, if you will. I don't really see that making a change. So I'm just curious as to why you think that may be a positive thing. I, I mean, something's got to be done, and I agree. But I don't necessarily know that's going to be a positive move. Right. And it may not be, Alex. It could always get worse. They never replaced Dexter Fowler. It's what I brought up with Waddle. It wasn't a bad move to get rid of Fowler. But they still never have found a leadoff hitter in 17 and 18 and 19. That's three seasons that they haven't found one. But I just believe that they're so frustrated with this offense and watching it just like fans have. Night in and night out, one night score 10, the next three games score one in, in 25 innings. I, I still, I think it's it's a question that I still don't feel like I, I, and it's not up to anybody to answer it for my own selfish purposes, but I'd like for it to be answered in a, in a really honest fashion. Who ultimately makes out the lineup on a nightly basis? Yeah, we don't know. I don't so, know. So, you know, because if you're telling me that it's all Joe with no input from the front office on a daily basis, then I really wonder why he has done some of the things he has done with, with the daily lineup. If it's a collaborative effort, like this is what our analytics department says you should do, then they need to share the blame. The same way everyone should share the success when it all happens. It just, I mean, it, there are so many, so, so who's responsible for putting Albert Almora consistently in the leadoff spot? Is that all, Joe? Is that Theo Wouldn't Joe Jed? tell you, what do you want me know. to do in the leadoff spot when you haven't given me a leadoff hitter for three seasons? Well, he's not going to say that. No, no, I know that, but don't you think that that's a valid counterpoint? I'm with you. It, it made me mad that he, he put Jason Hayward there. There's a history with Jason Hayward in the leadoff spot where he has failed and it has changed the way he's hit. He finally was having a good year this year. They put him in the leadoff spot and he went on a month slump that coincided with the move. Elmora consistently showed you he wasn't going to hit lefties or righties and he continued to bat leadoff. Sure, but again, man. what are the, what are the options? What are the options here? They go with Ian Happ. He's in the minors. Who, they, who do you want? Like, there's who is the leadoff hitter? They have to use a guy at leadoff these la- the last week who's been away for the team for four months on leave because of a divorce, and they he's their best option. Hey, but I get it, and and th- maybe there aren't any great suggestions, but there was probably no great suggestion last night. I was asleep. This is what I was told last night when Cishak can't find the plate. Anybody but him. Right. right. That's that was my philosophy. Okay, right. So that you can't give up a hit and then you can't find the plate. You walk to I'm going to the pen. I'm not going to Strope. Let me get that out of there. OK, because there wasn't a lot of good options, but I'm going to somebody else. Anybody to throw but a strike. him. OK, yeah. so I would say you can't to you lose on a third walk. So my response to you is, is while the pickings may be slim, anybody but Almora in the leadoff spot. I know that. I know. I, and I'm with. There are things that he has done that. But, but I don't even but, know that's him. That's my point. Is it? Is it? Look, it's Jed and Theo's first first round pick. Do they want him to get more of a run? 
Did they want him to, to stay right. with them? That's my point is, is, I mean, when we're sitting here and we're trying to assess blame, it's hard to do that with any degree of confidence if you don't know who ultimately is making the last call. Who's the kid, the kid who, now he's not even a kid, who played in Italy for all those years? What's Robel Garcia. Robel Garcia was leading off for a week because they don't have anybody. And that's on Jed and Theo. That you got to go to a guy who's been out of Major League Baseball for five years and put him in the leadoff spot because he got nobody. None of your guys have worked out. Descalso's DFA'd. He's in the minor leagues. Sounds like my friend over here doesn't like his front office. Is well, that what I'm, you guys I'm pissed say? at them, yeah. I don't want them to go anywhere, though. Just like I don't how want much longer, to... How much longer do you want to be frustrated before you'll be demanding change and you want to take your cartwheels back? It's just like with Matt Nagy, and it hasn't been as long. I'm not happy with the first... Game's game plan. I wasn't happy with the game plan in the playoff game, but I want Matt Nagy to be my head coach. Until he proves what? At what point? That's why I'm saying, and, and guys with great track records get more leeway. At what point will you finally say, hands face to hands, and go, I can't take it anymore? All of these decisions are not the right decisions. And as much as they've accomplished and as outstanding as the resume looks, I can't keep making. I know, but you're you're telling me I've lived through bad Cubs seasons. If you're telling me as bad as it gets with this regime, with Joe, the manager, and the front office doing as bad as they have, producing 86 or 87 wins. So well, you're that, lowering that, the that, bar? That's not fireable. That, no, that's not lowering the bar. That's saying that... Their bad years in the past were 70 win years. When, when Dusty and, and Lou and they would go south and it'd go south quick. They've made it to four straight postseasons and this fifth season could be looked at as a bad season and they could still make the playoffs. Or if they don't, they could still win 86. Like an 86 win season when I was 20 years old was viewed as a good season. No, you're right. But at what point have they heightened the, the expectations enough? Where they're a victim of their own success. I mean, look, Dave Dombrowski won 108 games of the World Series last year, and now the Red Sox are going to miss the playoffs right. this year, and he was canned. Right, because he didn't build anything. Well, he and, just... and, and look, is, is again, the, the level expectation is an important part, and because your childhood was filled with such crappy Cubs baseball doesn't mean now... You should just be happy because 86 wins was magnificent then. But I'm now saying is... that if this is the worst year you have, Okay, this isn't Lovey where he went ten and six and they fired him. Lovey made the playoffs what two or three times total? Total. He's made the playoffs every year. Joe hasn't missed, and he's going to be shown the door, and he won it all. Lovey didn't. So if next year, I'm saying that this is not a quote bad year, and a lot of not just by my grand Cubski. Look at some other Major League Baseball t- uh, teams. Would an 86-win team be considered a bad year? Well, when your payroll is $225 million and you're the second highest payroll in the league, maybe maybe some people would say, I didn't get enough for my money. You didn't. It's clearly on the front office and the players who are getting paid that amount. I'm just asking where your threshold is. How much pain can you take? Oh, I, I, well, I've showed you for 40-plus years before that. I took a lot of pain. And you called for a lot of replacement of people. Right. And now I finally got capable guys who had bad years. I want them to be better years? and not replace. How many bad years did they get? Wait, 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 you know, you're just trying to get me in a trip, trick box, <laughs> and you're playing these silly mind games.
<laughs> and I'm not falling for it this time. And are these last two years bad years because they won 90 games? Yeah, I mean, or, but did you get to where you wanted to be? Three, I mean, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. if you want to weigh in. By the way, Wilbon's going to be on tomorrow. He had to do some network stuff on TV. So uh, Michael Wilbon, who was in studio, by the way, last week, will join us tomorrow at 5 o'clock for his usual can't miss radio. Hey, uh, you know, I drive a Toyota. I had discovered the brand new redesigned RAV4 about six or seven months ago, and I did what I'm telling you to do. And that's go to your local Chicagoland Toyota dealers right now. They've got a big sale going on, too. You will find that the RAV4, as it's been redesigned, is the sportiest, rooming and, and best-performing RAV4 ever. And all the lines of is Toyota. Is Cubby Blue? The color of your RAV4? Is it, it Cubby Blue? It actually is. It, it's actually... I don't know Cubby Blue. It's one of the tires. Blue. one of the tires a little low on air. But I tell you what. Someone stopped me, though. And this is no joke. I told you this once before on Upper Wacker. Right at Wacker and about Franklin. Someone stopped me and they go, wow, the new RAV4. Looking good. They didn't know who I was. They admired my car. You, too, can admire a car that gets like 35 or 36 miles per gallon. Sportiness, where you could throw that thing in sport mode and beat yeah. the cab off the line yeah. because he's driving like an idiot and you want to get to work already. I drive 40 miles to work to and from. you got to love your car. I love my RAV4. Check out your local Chicagoland Toyota dealer or visit buyatoyota.com. Your Cubs calls with Mark Jean Greco next on ESPN 1000. ABC 7's Marchie and Greco. Do I get the dump button this time? It, it's just rumor stuff that we can never talk about. A name that denotes class. You mean... Which, happens in life. Which anchor's sleeping with the other anchor? Oh, One of those? Okay. That's where we're going? Oh, no. That, that doesn't happen at ABC 7. A Chicago sports institution. G and Greco with Waddle and Sylvie. That happens at all the other stations. Hey, what do you think of Peyton? Oh, yeah. Oh. Every Monday. You know what? This show is off the rail. Wednesday. I wasn't paying attention. I was pulling a cat. You know, that's insulting to me. I come in here. And Friday. Give my best, and you're not even paying attention. Well, I'm worried about the safety of my children. hardly your best. (laughs) Only on ESPN 1000. Marky's been with us every day this week because he's off to Colorado tomorrow to see his granddaughter. Yeah. Can't wait. And he's brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse, as always, located at LaSalle and the River. Whether it's a special event or you just want to go out on date night, you get great steaks, awesome seafood, fantastic appetizers, amazing sides. He can even order dates. What? No, do they you have can't. dates? I you mean, like the little food. Yeah. yeah, like the fruits. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. They, they probably have... They bacon. do have dates on some of the Wrapped things. Wrapped in bacon. Right. I assume. Yes, I think they do. That that whole bacon dish, I believe, has right. some dates on it. So you're just trying to pull me in the gutter. I'm talking about food. That was creative by you. Maybe today is your best. I don't know. Did you watch the Rodman documentary? It was great. It was great. Did you see yourself in I it? I did. I did. A very young, very, very dark. Did you hair. see what I tweeted? No. What did you? What did I you? Said, s- covering the Bulls, Mark Silverman, Skokie Middle School. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, and then lose behind you. Howard Sudbury's there. I'm on the A young Casey Johnson yes, too. I'm on the right. You could see the helmet hair. Oh, do you? Yeah, in the back. So, yeah, we were all there. There was also a time I showed my wife that it was just really quick. Probably I only could uh, recognize that it was me. When Rodman came out the back door of the Bulls locker right, room, right. I explained to Waddle this for those who, who didn't know. Rodman never spoke at the podium or 
at in front of his locker like the other True. guys. Madonna, who was featured a lot in this, taught him, you know, you want to get attention, you want to do it Hollywood style, paparazzi style. Exactly. You walk down the hall and you make people with their cameras walk with you, and then there was a time when Rodman was coming out, and we were waiting for him. Do you know how many side. miles I put on walking backwards? I know over thirty-five years, it's unbelievable. Chase the flu game in Utah, people are getting knocked down, stepped on. Camera guys would get into fights, right? Oh yeah, all the time. We had this guy Ken Nomick, big, huge, muscular guy, walking backwards, holding the camera up over his head with one hand and knocking other people down, shoving people out of the way. That's the guy you want yeah. on your team. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the whole documentary? You know, I thought it was good. It, you know, it didn't break any new ground, obviously. It just reinforced how sad and pathetic his childhood was and what it did to him as an adult. And even now, I saw him on the jump and it was like, oh, you're breaking my heart. Now, a lot of people say, hey, Dennis Robin can't be a sympathetic figure, you know, assaulting women and this and that and all the things he did. And But uh, he was a troubled human being, really. And, you know, Michael's quote was right on. I'm surprised he made it past 40. Right. He so, thought he wouldn't make it past 40. Wow. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know it, it was, was okay, but, you know, I thought, you know, with Jamie Foxx narrating it, and then they're doing the childhood thing, and he's like, hey, wait, stop, and they freeze the video, and they say, this music's too schmaltzy. I'm like, eh, that, and then you know, the, the recreating lame. with the actor, too. I, I didn't the, like the, that either. No, that's not his head. That's not his hair. Right, right. Now, you remember the Bigsby and Crother ads on that building next to the Edens, and it was yeah. Rodman's, Rodman's gigantic head. Right. And they kept replacing the hair Depending every time it was what a hair color. You, right. Well, those were giant pieces of plywood that they would put on and, and take off the hair. So It's uh, right around North Avenue off of the Kennedy, that wall, and it's right. still used, but it was Bigsby and Crothers back in the day. I was on there one time. Yeah. Were Me you? and Harbaugh. Oh, cool. Oh, Me yeah. and Harbaugh I do on one side that. and uh, Michael on the other. So I used to buy all my stuff at Bigsby and Crothers, and it turned out after they finished that whole uh, ad campaign... They had the plywood hair pieces stacked in the garage, and I took one. Oh, did I had you? one at my house for a couple of years. You kept it as a souvenir? I did. It was in my garage. It was the red one. For people yeah. who are too young or didn't live here when that was going on, they had to stop the ad campaign. Dennis Rodman was so popular when they were doing this that on that wall right off the Kennedy, where they would change the hair color depending on what hair color he had, it would stop traffic because of the gapers delay. And they would always have a traffic jam. So they, mm -hmm. the city or IDOT, whoever, had to tell them, we can't do this anymore. Rodman's right. literally stopping traffic. And then the, the one part that I wanted to bring up for Waddle, but I wanted to wait till you were here. One part that pissed me off, that self-righteous Isaiah Thomas, who... Is is starting to cry the fake on cry the walk fake, off the fake yeah. cry walk off where he pretends that he's so sad that no one else gave Dennis Rodman the unconditional love that the Pistons gave him back in the eighties and how he how he sad for Dennis BS you're not sad for anybody but yourself and it it felt creepy yeah it was it made me feel uneasy I, I dislike because Isaiah nobody Thomas. nobody will will argue the fact that Isaiah Thomas just can't be trusted. He's got that beautiful, charismatic smile and everything else. But he's and an assassin. He is. Mary bankrupted the CBA. He was under investigation what for that one. What about the Knicks stuff? What happened the with the Knicks? Knicks thing, the sexual assault and, and harassment charges. And Oh, yeah. He, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> did you just make a horse sound I, I guess I did. You said horse, yeah, right? Yeah. But, you know. 
you got to be a bad guy for Magic and Michael to say you're not going to be on the Dream Team. Oh, yeah. You know? Sure. You're not on the Dream Team. He was left off the 92 Dream Team, and by far, he was one of the best 12 players in the NBA. Oh, yeah. And speaking of which, does anybody care that the USA got knocked out of the FIBA tournament? You care? I'm a basketball guy. Who cares? You got, like, I'm America guy. You got second and third tier NBA players. They throw this team together at the last minute. No superstars. And it's an international league now. Every country's got NBA players. France shouldn't beat you. Who cares? I do. Really? And you know what? It doesn't even mean that much in the Olympics anymore because there'll be no more dream teams. And the top tier of NBA superstars will not play in the you Olympics. Know, Charles, Charles Barkley said to us yesterday, he thinks if, if they're smart and if they do the right thing, they'll let these guys, regardless of the fact that they didn't perform well or get to the, where they wanted to go here, will actually, he hopes they will let, uh, let these guys represent the U.S. in the Olympics because they're the ones that actually committed to playing. And not to let the star, the superstars jump in for the Olympics while they weren't willing to participate here. That's an Adam Silver question, I think. Yeah, What's that's what he said. Well, what he says is he would actually, he would hope that Adam Silver would... Yes. Would is that good for the NBA or it. bad for the NBA? Because uh, pff, I'm I not going to watch the it. NBA. The better stars in the Olympics when everyone's watching, just your average person, not your nutty sports fans... You watch different events, and you may want to see NBA play. Times have changed. I mean, there, there was no uproar. There was no <gasps> shock. Even though we are arrogant and proud as Americans, we want to win everything. We want to crush everybody doing What's wrong it. With that? I mean, and you don't get involved. Do you want to win every sports cast? Well, we do. So, oh, well, that's right. Ah, but yeah, you no, set exactly. out to do it, don't you? I'm saying no. I'm saying you that's, set out to do it. You don't yes. set out to be average. That's who. We, well, FIBA. And the USA, I'm they set out you. to be average. I'm right. you. That's a good it, point, Waddle. Don't what? turn it back on me. He's been he's been the class of everybody for forty years or whatever it's been. Right. But you don't think, well, he's already proven his point that he wants to do any less, just like America shouldn't right. want to do any exactly. less. That's to, not America. To, that's to win the America. World Cup. America. I'm just saying you yes. don't want to you don't want to finish in second or third. Well, that's what I'm saying. As proud, arrogant Americans, we want to win everything. Why not That's force not the arrogant. issue? Okay, arrogant, take that word. Yeah, would you stop? Why are why we, why are we arrogant? If, if, we you, if we're going to get involved, we want to win. When was the last time you got involved in anything? And like the superstars just said, you know what? The I, I want to be in the middle. Right. You know what? How about half in the bottom half? Ask Jerry Colangelo. Head... Ask USA Basketball, then why not force the best players to be on Team USA? Because you can't force players these days. I don't even care about that. I'm just taking issue with, you know, your message that it's arrogance because you get involved in anything to win. We're here today to win this show. I understand that. We're trying to win. Winning. What didn't Mark Trussman say, though, win the day? Wasn't that uh, hey, sort of? Hey, but he said, "Be you, dude." Hey, win no, the day. that's our guy now. That's Nagy. Oh, what a happy day! That's what the fridge that's all used I'm to saying. say. I get like you. Every time you go on the air, Mark, you're like a you're like a barracuda. You're the king of the sea. You're out there <laughs> eating at, up the competition. Look at, look at this. I'm just telling you. Did you, you know don't go that, out there to be a little guppy. You're shark. You're great white. You're proving my point. Then right. Then why put a lame third-tier team out there to represent no, the I'm USA. Arguing that you're not arrogant because you want to crush the competition. Thank you. Okay. That was the wrong word. Okay. Yes, it that was. was. Take word. it back. Did you know, Tommy? Apologize. Yeah, apologize. I, 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 am, I am sorry. Mea culpa. Grandpa. I'm really sorry. And you know that Tommy hugged me today on I TV. I did? Oh, really? Yeah, he hugged me. Was that a little uncomfortable so, for you? Know, you? What, no, it good to me. Well, yeah. In what context? You know, he's like, don't worry about the Bronco game. You need a hug. Yeah. 
I thought he, he was starting to panic a little bit, so I gave him a hug. So I did the tease today, and I said, you know, this comes down to the chess match between Fangio and Trubisky, but is Mitch still playing checkers? <laughs> and Ravi Basewell turns to me and goes, wow, that's harsh. Wow. I'm like, no. I mean, it's just. <laughs> I was told not to talk about the last game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. We you said know what that he said a, today. Today he goes. That was we, today. We were. Oh yeah, that was the end of the. It yeah, was the end I of was the. Told not but to talk but about before that, he goes. We were this close. All those plays it was just really this close. Really? Was it really? Who that used close? to say that all the time about they were real? Oh, it was Wani, right? I mean, oh, geez, if it wasn't for the <laughs> the uh, Bennett uh, sixty-eight and seventy-nine yard run, we held them to. Two point two yards on the ground. How about Wani? He's got nineteen TV shows now. He's everywhere. That's awesome. He's very likable. He's yeah, so good. He? He's yeah. so good on the air. And here's a half hour. The Dave Wanstat show. Here's a half hour. Just here's Dave Wanstat. Boom. Talks for twenty five minutes. Boom. And done. the funny yeah. part was when he was Bears coach, he couldn't be more boring <laughs> and more like. Well, that <laughs> happens to a lot of guys. Yeah. I mean, that's, even that's why you and John Fox mode. shows a pulse on ESPN sometimes. So. This is, by the way, this is the John Fox Bowl. Because yeah. think about everything. Yeah, it is. Who was a John Fox first defensive coordinator with the Bears? Vic Fangio, now the head coach of the Bears. It's Mitch Trubisky, who is under, of course, John Fox as a rookie. Um, it's Joe Flacco, who beat John Fox on a Hail Mary right. to eliminate him the year that they could have gone to the Super Bowl. And, of course, he, he coached both teams, Denver and uh, Chicago. Yeah, and for the record, uh, I don't think Fox was even consulted on the Trubisky pick. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Pace went rogue. Right. A lot of people want to talk Cubs with us. I got into it with Cap today, by oh, the way. Good. About Did you punch the, him? Did you being a vulture on, uh, on Joe Madden. Oh, he is. We, he called in. He, we told him at 2.45 we could not take him, and then we argued at 4.30. Wait a minute. He's, he's done with his shift. And he has to call in. You said shift. Yes. I don't they think you did. Shift. <laughs> hey, by the way, join Coach Fitz in the Big Ten West Division champs at Ryan Field Go on Cats. Saturday when they host UNLV. Kickoff set for 2.30 p.m. Not a.m. Season and single game tickets are on sale now at nusports.com. I got to tell you, Fitz, I, tomorrow. Love, I love Fitz's okay. rants. I love all his rants. He's fantastic. And he did one Monday about how his kids have no sense of history because they're honoring the 1949 Rose Bowl team. Uh, this weekend. That was my favorite Northwestern Rose Bowl Was oh, that your yes. favorite team? Okay, so he goes, my kids don't know who Walter Payton was. They don't know Joe Montana or Jim McMahon or anything. Then the players came back and go, oh, yes, we do. And one player said, my favorite player is Jack Tatum. And I went, whoa, really? Wow. There you go. Uh, all right, more Marquee. And if you want to weigh in on the Cubs debate, and we'll fill you in on that coming up next with fill Joe Madden. in on a lot of stuff. It's uh, inside the First Midwest Bank studio, Waddle and Sylvie with Mark Jean Greco on ESPN 1000. It's just arrogant. arrogant. yeah. This is Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. And now all year long, I've given you exactly what you wanted right into your face. Yeah, I did want that in my face, to tell you the truth. That was Cap earlier today, um, arguing about Joe Madden. And look, I, I agreed with him that I thought Joe made the wrong move, but I just feel like it's an easy thing now to act really tough, like you just want to roll Joe Madden out of here. And I think he's been really over the top with whether it's been some of his tweets about going back and watching old games. Yeah, you think? And then, and then doing videos last night and, and today going after Joe, I've, I just feel like he's a vulture and the carcass is, you know, like the animal is dying. The animal can't move. 
It's it's gasping for breath. And what does a vulture do? A vulture only waits until that animal is dead or can't defend itself. <laughs> then the vulture goes in and look what I'm going to do. I'm going to get some dinner. And Speaking of which, I watched Serengeti again. Oh, God. It's so you good. love that show. Oh, my God. Well, who was going after who in this show? It was leopards teaching their cubs how to chew up an antelope. Ooh. How to get them in the neck clinch and break their neck and then start eating them. Arrogant animals. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it caps over the top as usual. And, you know. You people will miss Joe when he's gone. That's what I said today. And he'll get another big job and turn that team around, and Listen, he'll be if they, fine. If they come out and win with no disrespect meant to Joe, you won't miss Joe if they hire the right guy. That's just life. They're not going to hire the right guy. Well, then you should find. Then you Who's should. Who's going to follow him? The best player manager they could hope for. Mark, really? everybody's been fired. I mean, Terry Francona was fired by the Red Sox. Oh, I know. Well, I know. Chuck Daly. I mean, the guy, Dave Dombrowski, was just fired by the Red Sox after they won a World Series, what, last year? That was year? a bad look. We, we talked about this so earlier, Waddle, with the Bulls. Jerry Krause, who's a Hall of Fame general manager, couldn't wait to get rid of Michael, Scotty, Dennis, and Phil. You know, and Hire so... Hire the right people. He, it's easier said than done, but that's what you get paid for, why, right? Why is Joe the wrong person at this point? Okay. It's their decision. They've decided, allegedly, and this is we're speculating, they've decided, we think, that for whatever reason, the relationship has run its course. Maybe the voice doesn't resonate anymore inside the clubhouse. Whatever it is. That's the line everyone's going to use. Okay. The voice doesn't resonate anymore. So, and, and I'm saying to you, while everyone, you can do both. You can appreciate the hell out of what Joe helped them accomplish. If they hire the right guy and they start playing good baseball consistently, whether it's the managers, it's a result of what the manager's doing or the players are playing better or the, the front office guys get more better players, that whole thought that you'll miss Joe, I think, will go away. Well, you know, Rossi, if they hire him, it'll be a big to-do, and everybody will love it for a while, and then his voice will grow. Well, he'll still be reliant on Jed and Theo putting a better team on the field for him. I mean... That's I don't think I, Theo should put on the uniform need, and manage the yeah, team. That yeah, I'd should. like to see. I'd love to see that. And you don't need better players. You need these players to perform. These players right. have pretty good credentials. And they're underachieving. They're really they underachieving. Are. But And then they'll say, oh, well, that's Joe's fault. No. And there comes a point when, as a professional baseball player, it's on you. I'm okay. with you 100%. I blame players and credit players in all sports before I credit or blame front offices or coaches and managers. But again, what if, like, from a relationship uh, relationship standpoint, they say the relationships run stale. We, you know what? We we want a different voice in the in the dugout. I'm okay with that explanation if it's run its course because it can't go on forever. But like you say, Sylvie, keep taking shots and and just keep drilling the guy on the way out. Yeah. is ridiculous. Uh, Tom in Kenosha, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Tommy. Hey, guys. Hey, I'm here to tell you the truth of what's going on. Oh, I can't Uh-oh. wait. We're not used I to the truth. Good, you can't handle I, the I, truth. I got, you can't handle the truth. I got good sources, too. Okay. Okay, here we go. Okay. My neighbor is an amateur <laughs> golfer. He golfs with this guy that golfs with Chris Basio. Neighbor, this is like yeah. who, neighbor who is an amateur a guy golfer, who knows a guy. and then correct, and then this guy golfs with another guy who golfs with, with Kevin Bacon with with Chris Basio. No, but, no, with Chris Bas- 
Chris, Chris Bazio, correct. Right. Okay. And Bazio told him the reason why Bazio got fired is because the players went to him to talk to and not Joe because they do not like Joe. He's not an easy guy to talk to, really? believe it or not. And who yes. who were those players? The players in general. They do. They he didn't name anybody. I gotta have names. He just said. He just said. Mark would like to fight all players. <laughs> hey, I understand that, but you guys are thinking that why? What's wrong with Joe? Because Joe's won all these playoff performances or shows. Guess what? It's not all about that. The players can't talk to the man. You're telling you me Joe Madden's not a good communicator, that the players Martin. don't trust him and are not comfortable speaking to him in private? Are you kidding me? It's hard to believe. Well, I'm not kidding you. Tom, I'm just look, telling look, you I what Basio said. Okay. Tom, I could believe some of that because some of the players have told us this year some of the corrections Joe made is he's more available. He's more hands-on. I believe that some players thought maybe he wasn't approachable. He was aloof. Or, or was wanting to talk more to the media. I mean, that was the narrative that was given to us. That wasn't hidden from us, was it? No. They, they, didn't Joe say that himself? That he, he just wanted, wanted to read to be the book about coach. Yeah, dealing was, with millennials yeah. and everything Joe like that? Joe was relying on his coaches to take care of each individual department. He was delegating. It wasn't that he was aloof or arrogant. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Can your producers talk to you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to delegate. As long as they don't look him in the eye. Yes, exactly. I was just going to say. <laughs> what? So long, and they have to be in a different room. Not you allowed know, to be in the same room I'm an anymore. open book. I'm open to all suggestions. I'm not always right. In fact, I'm never right. Well, well hold that. <laughs> finally, you have finally admitted. I don't need people to rein me in. I, I'm open for suggestions. Come on now. I'm good I'm the, enough. I'm the everyman. I'm, I'm smart <laughs> enough. <laughs> and gosh God. darn it, people like you. Yeah. You're the everyman. <laughs> you just right. I'm an arrogant American. That's all you are. <laughs> you know that. I'm a humble Canadian in well, disguise. Have a great trip to see your yes, granddaughter. Thank you. I'm very excited Enjoy as always. And, and, and my son Matt's running the 50-mile jackrabbit up steamboat in the woods. 50 miles he's running. Up yeah. the, in the woods. Up a ski run. In the woods. How long does that take? Several hours. Four days. It takes an entire day. Yeah, I'm, I'm not big on this. I, I worry about and it. And it's the altitude as well. So not only is it the yeah, distance. There's no but excuses about the bears. Yeah. yeah. Your yeah. son can do the 50 mile he's, jackrabbit. He's half cheetah, half antelope, how many half people monkey. Will, how many people will actually be doing halves. it? What? How many people will be doing this? There'll be hundreds of people. Oh, there will? Yeah. And he's starting out in the novice 50-mile division because there's also a 100-mile oh rush. That sounds... And it's all sounds, uphill? And then he'll wind up doing that one next that year. That sounds impossible. Yeah. Yeah. He's Mr. Ironman Triathlon. I don't know Think where about it. this that's, came it's from. It's 50 miles. Yeah. That's obviously... That's that's just under two marathons. Right. Up a hill. Uphill right. in the woods. It, it, it's really all uphill. Can it be all uphill? Well, 50 it's a, miles? Do you ski walk run. or do you run? You start running, and then I imagine you start walking after that. I was going to say, wow. you can't run the whole thing. No, you, you have to manage it. You have to manage it. You have to plan it. You've do you got ever to... stop to have a meal or something? There are three stations. And, like, the fans. There's a smoking station. <laughs> there's a drinking station. And you there's an eating shots. station. Yeah. You do Jaeger. 
and then you vape, and then you run. And then there's a psychologist there saying, what the hell yeah. are you doing? Yeah. But you got all your little energy stuff, you know, stashed in these little stops, and then you, you got to time it all out. And Yeah, it's insane. All right. Uh, well, Enjoy we, yourself. I will. Thank you, guys. Dan Orlovsky is up with Cap first in the postgame show. He does show. a great job, by the way. He is really good. Great hair, too. Really good hair. He made a lot of money as a backup quarterback. Yeah. yeah. And he knows what he's talking about. Jonathan Hood, live and local at 7 o'clock. Thanks to J.D., Jeff Passan, Cap for calling in today, and the one and only Mark Jean Greco. Thank you to that Jeff Meller and uh, Adam Abdallah for Marky and Waddle. I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN the 1000. one and only isn't always a good thing. Have yourself a great Wednesday night.